This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 327 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Uncle Jimmy's and Total Saddle Fit. Today on the show, we have Olympic bronze medalist and U.S. Young Horse team coach Christine Traurig on the future of the Young Horse program and Emily Miles on her amazing winning horse, Wake Up, plus the Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week with Endel Otts on Transitions. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. This is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. With our producer, we've got our producer for the beginning of the month here, Glenn. Geez, it seems like uh, two months since we've all talked. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah it's been a long time. We've all been busy. Last month was a really busy month for us Crazy. all, so yeah. it's nice to get back in routine for sure. Well, welcome back to the show, guys, and welcome. Uh, it's good to have you back. Thank you. Hey, before you get started, a uh, couple of things. we got some housekeeping stuff to do here for the radio, Horse Radio Network. Uh, first, I wanted to thank you guys for helping. I don't know if we talked about this, actually. Um, but uh, the Horse Radio Network is now in the top five of all radio of all podcasting networks in the world. Um, nice, that includes That's awesome. All, all networks. So yeah, after I went to the convention for podcasters, we kind of figured that out. We've done over forty two hundred episodes with six thousand guests we've interviewed um, over the last eight years, and and podcasting only started ten years ago. So we were at the very beginning when nobody the knew forefront how to of podcasting. Yeah. Yes, now it's a huge thing. Congratulations! Right? Nobody knew how to. Congrats listen to so the Horse Radio Network. <laughs> so. Yes, and you know it's NPR. That's the National Public Radio that's really driving the popularity of podcasting now. And I, I, when I went to Ada, when I went to the trade show that I go to twice a year, where the wholesalers meet the retailers, yeah, uh, it was the first time that I went that I that people, the big companies, were wanting to talk to us. Fantastic. Um, and I think we're turning the corner a little bit, and podcasting is going to become a big thing. Uh, and you guys, I have to thank you guys. Without my terrific batch of hosts, uh, which I do, I'm so lucky. We have 20 hosts now on the Horse Radio Network. Wow. Oh, my gosh, the Christmas party is going to be a little out of control. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Well, eight of them alone do those once-a-month episodes on Horses in the Morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's eight of them alone, you know. So <laughs> it's uh, And we have some new shows that are going to be coming on here shortly. I think we'll be adding four new shows in the next couple of months nice. uh, and, cool. and a bunch more for 2016. So thank you so much for all your help. I know you don't get paid much, but we do have fun. We have a blast. Have a Are you kidding? What <laughs> else would I do on a yeah. Thursday afternoon or evening? <laughs> That's right. Not hang out with my guys. And you know, we get to interview some amazing guests, too. We do. So. Yeah, I love our that's, guests. That's kind of neat. And sometimes we have our listeners on, and that's pretty fun. Yeah. And, and we got it. We love our new listeners. So can we give a shout out to Allison, who sent us an email today? Yeah. Um, she said she Definitely. recently found the Dressage Radio Show and loves it. She has an hour drive to the barn, and she listens all the time. And she's catching up on all the past episodes. And she said when she runs out of those, she's going to go to some of the other shows. So I'm just going to give you a hint, Allison. Try Horses in the Morning after you're done with those two. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> when you run out of those, you can go to Horses in the Morning. You only have yeah. uh, almost 1,300 of those. So and they're an hour oh, and a yeah, half yeah. each. That'll you'll, take you a while be, to get through. Yeah, you'll be there for the next six years. That'll be a lot of driving. <laughs> well, we hope, you know, that's the one fun thing we, we get to do is we have some amazing guests, and we really, really try to bring some educational component uh, so that people can enjoy while they're mucking stalls or driving to the barn. They can learn some stuff. So, uh, Allison, we're super glad you found us. And uh, share us with all your friends for sure. And on September 30th, it's International Podcast Awareness Day. Yes, that's a nope. thing. Okay. Uh, and uh, the Horse Radio Network, Horses in the Morning specifically, has been invited to do our show live uh, at 9 a.m. on the 30th from the barns at Disney World. <gasps> oh. oh, I want to go. <laughs> We're going to yeah. be traveling down the day before. Dr. Wendy Ying of the Driving Radio Show is going to come up. She lives in Sarasota. And we're uh, Jennifer and her boyfriend, and we're all going to go together. <laughs> and they we're going in the day before, and they're going to take us on a trail ride through uh, Fort Wilderness. 
Um, and then we're going to see the carriages and maybe do a carriage ride that night. And then the next morning, we're going to do the show live from the barns there at uh, wow. Fort Wilderness at Disney World. So I'm oh, so wow. excited about cool. that. So cool. As far as we know, nobody's ever done a show from there. So Fantastic. I mean, from the barns. So, Is the, there room for um, some dressage riders? Sure. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> It'll be fun. We're going to have a blast. It'll be a great time, and you'll be able to hear that show on Horses in the Morning. So uh, cool. that that's uh, fantastic. That's on my was on my bucket list. Of, you know, we did the show, we did the morning show from the barn at Graceland, Elvis's barn. Cool. We were right in the aisle, and we did the show live from there, and had the lady on who took care of Elvis's horses thirty years ago and uh, helped Elvis ride his horses, and she told us all spent an hour and a half telling us about Elvis and his horses. So it was on my list to do the Disney world thing and we got that arranged so thank you i uh i I honestly did not even know that disney i mean that elvis had horses yes he was a big horse guy do you want a funny elvis story yes sure so elvis got into horses he used to take his he had a palomino that he rode that it was his favorite and he used to because his graceland's right in the middle of town uh, yeah. People used to come up to the gate all the time. He always had people at the gate wanting to get a glimpse of Elvis. Well, he used to take his horse from the barn, which is at the back of the property, and ride like a bat out of hell down to the <laughs> gate and come to a sliding stop. And he used to visit with the fans and have them take pictures and stuff. And then he used to turn around and take off with that Palomino <laughs> and ride back the other way. Uh, his kids were always into horses. He got so into horses, and he was so neurotic. <laughs> he was such a... A, a weird guy. He used to get up at three in the morning and wake his whole staff up. Get up at three in the morning and say, "I want to go shopping for horses." And they used to drive around to bar- farms in outside of Nashville at three in the morning. And he used to knock on people's doors, wake them up, and say, "I like your horse in the field. I want to buy one." He bought a hundred horses in a year that way, and they what? were all oh in the middle of the night. <laughs> it was that's a bizarre, strange oh story. Strange That's guy. funny. Interesting. <laughs> Weird. Who knew? Yeah. Was, there you go. It was really neat. So you got so much knowledge in there, there, and you're not that good at trivia. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing. Nobody ever asked me about in. Elvis and his horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my funny story, and there's our news. So we got lots more coming up too. We have a big announcement that we're going to make in the next couple of weeks about the holidays. So that's coming up also. Yeah. Cool. We'll look for that. We'll look for new announcements from the Horse Radio Network. Yep. Cool stuff. All and right. You guys well, have a lot of news to talk about. Yes, uh, I guess the news is that Debbie McDonald um, has resigned as the, de- the United States developing coach to focus on individual riders and horses. So um, May first, twenty sixteen, is the date that she will step down from the post. Oh, so she's she's given a lot of time. That's yeah, she's given them a lot of time. They got they have to find a successor to to you know to be the yep. developing coach, and she's done a wonderful job. I think it's been she ten has. years of her. Um, you know, in that position and, you know, lots of horses and, and riders have been developed under her tutelage and she's given a lot to, uh, to the U S team. So, you know, maybe it's time for her to focus on herself a little bit more. And yeah, and that's great. That's she's point, wonderful. So. Yeah, yeah, she's wonderful. That's very, you know, she's a wonderful lady and she has done a lot for the program. So it'll be interesting. Lots of changes at USEF. Yeah. Well, Reese, I think that you can be our first guest on tonight's episode because you competed uh, in Lamplight at the U.S. Uh, Young Horse Finals. So, how yeah. did that go with your six-year-old? Uh, my wonderful six-year-old. It was it was a great week. It really was. And um, I think this show is really dedicated. We wanted to talk, just kind of do a a young horse wrap up of the whole week. Um, and it really is a special show to go to. I mean, anytime. Um, you get to go to your U.S. national finals in any sport. It's really a special event, and, and USCF does a great job, uh, and all the staff making making sure that you feel special and that you feel like you really have accomplished something by getting to that event. Um, and this was my first young horse um, that I've ever gone to, young horse national finals. So yeah, there is an, a level of a learning curve. I I talk to Phil every day, pretty much. Um, we were talking uh, quite a bit. Maybe it wasn't every day, but we were yeah, talking maybe it was quite a bit. It was, it was quite a bit of, oh my gosh. You know, it was really, it, it, young horse and presenting young horses um, is is a, its own art. It really is. It's its own way of riding and, and its own way of, not, not, it's not that different, but there are things that are a little bit different than riding a technical test. So I really did enjoy that. I enjoyed seeing all the fantastic horses from around the country. Um, and it was the four, five, six-year-olds. Then the developing pre-St. George and the developing Grand Prix. And then it was also, there were ponies. There was the medal seat finals. There was the young riders. There was the juniors. 
and the U25 that all went on. Um, yeah, that's a, lot, that's a lot of stuff going on. It was a lot of stuff. It was a lot. Um, you know, the first test that I rode, um, there was a lot going on at that time when I rode. Um, so, hello. Uh, his name is Hello, but we call him, he shows under Elincor. Um, he was a little bit um, distracted. Um, and I learned a lot sort of during that test. You know, that was, uh, it, we've never had such a big environment to be in with so much activity. Um, so that was good for me to sort of regroup and rally for Sunday. I was really happy with him on Sunday. I thought I had it really presented the test that I wanted to present. Um, and we finished seventh overall. Uh, and I was, I was very happy with, um, like I said, with him on Sunday and how he developed and sort of what I learned, uh, through the week. I was very lucky to work with Scott Hassler. Uh, you know, we prepared, uh, I went a week to Scott's. I came home for a week to sort of check on my my business here, and then we went to Chicago. Um, so I really was happy with you know how we we got ready and how he was, and uh, so really overall it was a it was a fantastic week. Um, and like I said, overall just learned a ton about my horse. I learned a ton about the Young Horse Program, uh, and I can't wait to have another one. Hopefully, uh, Elon Court will go back as a as doing the developing St. George next year. Uh, that would be the plan. We'll see. I, I think he, we can really make it. Um, I'm really looking forward. He's such a wonderful horse. Um, and Phil has been there from the beginning, uh, from when we found him last year. We've had him not quite a year yet. So uh, really, it, it does exciting. take Pretty fun, yeah. yeah. Very a fun, fun opportunity with a young horse to, to develop and, and to go to that big show. I think it's yep. – uh, those young horse shows are so exciting because, I mean, they're just so full of – possibilities you know you know when you go to a, a national final for you know grand prix horses and and small tour horses that, that's really exciting because you're fi- seeing finished product right right but i think you know when you when you have you know uh just a raw horse that you can mold and you can train and you can think you know how great the horse can be that's really fun and exciting so so that's awesome congratulations yeah, Reese. thank you thank you very job. much thanks for really you guys fun. for uh supporting me through the through last month so it's nice to be back and getting back in routine for hey, sure hey can we also add that reese has other news she's now a professor <laughs> yes <laughs> like I a am, real professor i am a real professor it is we were talking right before the show i am teaching at the university of kentucky college of agriculture food and environment um and i am teaching a class in global sport horse industry um so I was asked to do that uh, about a year ago. It also has been in the works. Um, and so I will say my Monday nights and my Thursday nights are um, very, very busy uh, this semester. So and, uh, can I just add that Philip and I don't want any homework? We don't yeah. get homework. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, homework. Yeah. Yeah. Not the school stuff. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really fun new adventure for me. And um, uh, it, it, we had our first class uh, this week and – yeah, I have 13 more to go, and uh, I'll let you know at the end of the semester. How many students do you have in a class? Uh, I think it'll end up being 32. That's a lot of papers to grade. Yes, I'm a little worried about that. Um, I'm not just don't lie. give homework, and then you won't have to <laughs> right. give homework. No yeah. tests, yeah. no homework. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> yes, they have some projects. Just pop quizzes. They'll love you. Lots You'll be lots their of favorite quizzes. teacher. <laughs> I know. There will be some quiz. There'll be a quiz every day. Because I know, uh, you know, it's it's the showing up uh, to class. And uh, this, I tried to really give them a, a real overview on what's happening uh, with the sport horse industry. So um, there is a speaker at each class. So, and, and they're all friends of mine or, or people that I feel like would add a lot to the, in, to the class. So they do have to show up. So there is a quiz every time. Nice. I told them that though. There's I no pop. I see Reese being like a hard ass teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you, Philip? Big She's going to have yeah. a ruler and be smacking hands. <laughs> well, I did kind of scare him. I was like, if I see anybody on a cell phone, it will, it will be up at my desk for Ooh. the entire Ooh, I told you she's going to be yeah. like the Ooh. nuns in Catholic school. <laughs> I am I'm like uh uh-uh, uh no cell phones. No yeah, see we didn't get we didn't have cell phones when I was well, well we had them when I was way back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I don't remember playing on my cell phone in uh no, uh uh-uh, no, uh-uh, we're not doing that. So yeah, their cell phones if I see them are mine. I already told them. Like put them away. I don't want to see them. So yeah. I'll All let right. you know well, how, my, how my cell phone rules going. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll get updates on the cell phone, how many cell phones you've collected. <laughs> nice. Well, first up on the show, we've got Emily Miles to talk to us about her awesome horse, Wake Up, who's won pretty much every year at the uh, National Young Horse Finals, right after this commercial from Uncle Jimmy's. 
Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Ball, the incredible Licky Thing, also in sugar-free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Well, we are so very excited to have our friend Emily Emily Miles, formerly Emily Wagner. She got married on the program. Emily, how are you this evening? You made it sound like I got married on the program. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a really good idea. I did not actually get married on the program, but (laughs) thanks for having me. (laughs) That is so very true. That could be something Glenn can organize for some other time. I'm not planning on getting married again either, so mm -mm, no. (laughs) Hopefully not. Yeah, I'll plan on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. It would make a good show. So, Emily, we are so happy to report that you and your wonderful stallion, Wake Up, won the Developing Grand Prix at the yes. USCF National Finals. And yes. that made him, we think, become the winning most young horse for sure in the United States. Am I, am I correct on that? I don't know for sure. Like, I haven't looked at all the records. I know that Selton HW won the four, five, and six-year-olds. But I think with Wake Up, he won the six-year-old, the developing Pre-St. George, and the developing Grand Prix. And he was reserved in the developing Pre-St. George and the developing Grand Prix one year. So if I can count my reserves, I think that he could be considered the winning horse as of now. But I, love I haven't it. looked well, at the record. Is it, would, he be, would he be the, the winningest uh, American-bred horse? Because was, was Selton bred sure. in America? No. I, I, I think he, yeah. You could take that title for sure. Okay. That's fantastic. So, (laughs) and and, and he missed, as a five-year-old, you went to, you went to Germany as a five-year-old, right? He went to Verdun. Right, right. So he went to Verdun as a five-year-old and I can't remember. I mean, he qualified for the young horse. I can't remember what his ranking was or whatever. And he competed there as a four-year-old, but as a four-year-old, he was a little bit distracted and um, we ended up fifth or fourth, I think, so. So yeah, he's been there every year, which is really cool. Like I think it's great that people still can remember him as a four-year-old, and you know they saw him compete. We competed in Chicago to do the selection trials for Verdon, so they saw him as a five-year-old there, and then he came back as a six-year-old, and then he was there as a seven-year-old and got reserved. There's an eight-year-old won the three bank doors. There's a nine-year-old getting reserved, and then one at this year is a ten-year-old. So. He's done the whole program, and he graduated with honors, and somebody put it, and I thought that was just great, and I couldn't be more elated. Like, I keep saying, like, the rest of his career is all icing on the cake. I I guess it's been an amazing journey, and I've learned so much through it. I've been exposed to so much, and to have a horse that's mine, that I knew the dad, that I knew the mom, that I've known him since he was three weeks old, like, that's just... It's incredible and amazing, and I feel so incredibly fortunate to to have some horse like that could that could take me there. So, like I keep telling everybody, it's almost like it's like now he's done. He graduated. He's a fantastic Grand Prix horse. But all the pressure's off now. Everything else he does for me is complete icing on the cake, and I could never ask for more from him. So, if he gives me something more, then that is just icing on the cake. So. Oh, that is, it, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, really. It it's, is so it, cool. <laughs> it is so cool. And, and, and that's what's so fun about, you know, we are friends and just watching you succeed exactly. and go through the levels is, you know, it's, it's hard. And so many people off. came up to me this year and they're like, we can't believe he's like finishing this year. Like, what? 
it won't be the same not seeing Wake up here. And so <laughs> many people up. were like, yeah. we remember him when he was this scrawny four-year-old. We remember him when he was still feeding at seven times. And we remember him when I'm like, I do too. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's special to so many people. And that's heartwarming for me, you know, to like, sure. you know that people like, because usually I run into people at shows and they're like, I remember you running around in diapers, you know? And I'm like, great, super. <laughs> oh, so nice, now to have yeah. people say, we remember Wake up running around in diapers. It's like, yes, that's cool. <laughs> that's, so Emily, tell us some things that you've learned. I mean, I think that that's, and, and what it's been like to have a horse go all the way through the program. You know, just kind of share some of your thoughts about that with our listeners. Um, I think, like I said the, before, the program is an amazing, like, it's a checkpoint for everyone to be like, okay, I have a four-year-old. What should my four-year-old be doing? How are the best four-year-olds in the country going? And I don't think that every horse necessarily needs to follow the same path. You know, I think that some horses maybe find it more difficult to learn the changes as a six-year-old and so they don't come until a seven-year-old or a seven-year-old is not necessarily ready to do the pre-thing George at the level that now, like you see our developing pre-thing George classes. And that's really like, I mean, you don't get in if you're not scoring 70. So I don't think that every horse needs to be on that program, but it is a fantastic way to say, okay, I have a young four-year-old stallion who's I think really good. Is he really good? Is he where he should be? Is he competing at the level that he needs to be? And then to go to the national championships to qualify, to go and to put yourself against the best in the country. You know, I think it's so important, but to have a horse that, not only like let me compare myself as a four-year-old and as a five-year-old and as a five-year-old to be exposed to Verdon and to be exposed to the process of competing abroad. Like that's a whole nother can of worms. And then to come back and be a six-year-old and start to show like, can he really not only have fantastic gates, but can he put it together in a test and show good training? And can that training hold up then through the pre thank George where you're expected then to not be scored just on the three gates, but on every movement as you go along? And how did he develop from a seven-year-old pre thank George horse to then an eight-year-old pre thank George horse with really having confirmed everything? Can you add all that brilliance back in? And then to put the end on it, the Piazza and Passage and the tight pirouettes on the center line in front of the judges like it's it's the pipeline it's telling you the path it's showing you this is where you should be every year and this is how it should go and it's amazing to have that structure and like i said not every horse can hold up to it or should be at the same spot some horses have amazing piaf and dosage at six but don't have the tempi changes at seven but for me for wake up it was excellent to every year be able to go back and say okay lamp light is our checkpoint where are we are we holding up are we falling behind are we keeping in pace with the rest of the country and where we should be and how a developing course should look and and that was great for me to have that pipeline to have that path and then you add to it that you get exposure to different to different clinicians that come in there that Scott Hassler, when he was the coach, like to have him come and look at him. And then you get invited to the Young Horse Symposiums, and then you get different opportunities through that program to have Debbie McDonald teach me this time was amazing. And then the final thing is like to be able to watch other people and to see, oh, I love that horse ridden by that person. And what are its bloodlines or what is she doing? differently than I am and maybe you're seeing them warm up in a little different way and and being exposed to really good riding as well and then the best thing that has happened to me like besides having to wake up be my hero of all horses like he's just an amazing freak of nature that I'm lucky enough to have but then that different owners could see me ride and Wake up makes me look good, so yay for me. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's great, it's great to have them say, yeah. Hey, I would love for you to take my young horse. Like, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to ride ET if I was on, you know, it's because of Wake Up that I got a horse to, like ET to ride. And then for ET to be able to come out and get second six year olds this year is amazing. But it's not because of me, it's because of Wake Up and because I got the opportunity to be riding at a big show that brings in 
good owners who have fantastic horses looking around, you know, and, and yeah, it was a lot of different circumstances that brought ET to me and Leslie has, Leslie's the owner, Leslie Waterman, she has a bunch of other horses too, but it was a bunch of different circumstances that brought it, but she would have never known my name from Joe if it wasn't for Wake Up and the Young Horse Program, you know? So I think that it's valuable in so many ways. I was going to say that's a really interesting point in that having a Young Horse Finals in the U.S., you know, not just at Veriden, but but to have something centralized at Lamplight to to showcase U.S. riding and, and, and U.S. Exactly. horses exactly. has been really important. Because there's for, a lot of trainers out there, excuse me for interrupting, there's a lot of no, trainers out there who are fantastic Grand Prix riders, but I think it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother, like when you look in Europe, there's very much a difference between these are our Grand Prix riders and these are our young horse riders. They start our young horses and ride them until they, and then they go on to the Grand Prix riders. The Grand Prix riders don't start their own you know, young horses, maybe they kind of watch their riders start their Grand Prix horses, but usually there's a pretty big separation. So I think it's it's good to be able to say, hey, look, like I can I can take this horse through the levels. I can do this and, and then be able to like you yeah. said, showcase the riding. You can showcase well. that every year, yeah. I think you know, because uh you know, unfortunately Stefan Peters is not going to be around forever and and you have to sort of say where is the next riders you know, who's developing them? Where are they coming from? You know, and, mm-hmm. and in all parts of the country, you know, the horses need to be developed really well as as well. And so I think right. it just, it, it builds horses and, and it, it builds our, riders. Our, and it, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a, like, pyramid that's going to happen. There better be a ton of four-year-olds if you're going to have a handful of good Grand Prix horses, you know? Yeah. Like, yes. not all of the them right are going to make it to five, and they're not going to make it to seven, and they're not going to make it to the 10-year-old Grand Prix horse. So if you don't have a huge number, a huge base of four-year-olds to pull from, and those huge number of four-year-olds need to be ridden by really top-quality riders in order for them to be able to be on the right path. And and the Young Horse Program brings out that path, which I think is the fantastic part of it. I mean, like, if you don't know well, what should my four-year-old be doing? What should my six-year-old be doing? And I'm not saying it's concrete. I'm not saying that every six-year-old could, because I don't want people to think that, but it's an idea, you know? If your six-year-old is headed for the Grand Prix, this is probably where it should be at or close to, right? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, I think every horse, and and we talk about this in Young Horse horse Forums, and not every horse can make that, that make the Young Horse Finals. Uh, but right. it is very, but it's very good. You know, it's like my horse had to go during an award ceremony. Now, was that great for him as a six-year-old? No. Will that be great mm-hmm. for him as a Grand Prix horse to have had that experience at a major championships with that going on? Yes. yes. And I think that's, you kind of have to go to those young horse finals and, and think about that. Like this is a horse for the future. Um, you know, right. he maybe isn't perfect. I mean, you saw a lot of four-year-olds, um, that were very overwhelmed there. Um, but Absolutely. I guarantee they was s- overwhelmed there as a four year old. Yeah. I'm sure they slept for a week. Literally. <laughs> I, I slept for almost a week, uh, myself. Uh, you know, those horses slept for a week and they learned a lot while they were at that particular competition. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to and be I've said. And I've heard people say too, that, you know, if my four year old is, going through that competition like easy peasy no big deal like sleeping through it and sorry to use your words again but saying that like oh i'm a four-year-old i'm rocking this competition i'm not going to blink an eye this is all no big deal then they're not hot enough to be a grand prix horse and and i don't know if that's true i mean i don't know i i don't know i don't know if that's the case that you need a horse that's that alert and that aware of its surroundings to make a super good Grand Prix horse. But I've heard that said too, you know, but yeah, the four-year-old that wins yeah. the young horse championship because it's so dead quiet and good. But I don't think that's like, I, I still see the four-year-olds jumping around and they reward good scores because they know they're four, you know? So yeah. it's a different perspective. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they're not good as four-year-old, maybe they come back as a five-year-old and, and have been there and exactly. seen that done it. And then, you know, exactly. it's about getting exposure to big shows and, and big environments. And I mean, that's why the, a lot of the German horses are so good is because they go to Bundes Champion at three years old. Oh, my gosh. Stallions, you see the you know, two like and a half year old there. stallion show up to the stallion show. Yeah. And you're like, are you serious? This horse is two and a half and broke for like, I was there in uh, 
January and December and January. And, and I was like seeing these, you know, so they're coming three that next year, but they're broke as essentially two and a half year olds and going in these huge stallion shows, walk talking around the ring with music blaring and people clapping and everybody wanting to see how riled up they could get them to see how much talk they have. <laughs> Make and it it's move. like those poor little riders are like, Oh gosh, we're hanging yeah. on. But they do fantastic, and they, they by the time they're six, they're like, oh, no big deal, you know? Yeah, but yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's huge. It's a different that's... perspective. It's a different way to do things, yeah. whether it's it right or wrong. I don't know. I don't know. No, but it's a great experience, no matter what. I think, you know, if you get a horse qualified and are able to get to the finals, um, it's yes. a great experience. And and I also think... And uh, for the owners of the horse to yeah. look around and see other horses, for the breeders to look around. The breeders, around it's see. so important for the they, breeders. I yeah, think. yeah, which horses are qualifying, what traits do I see? Do I see, you know, crossing with different lines? How does that work out? For the riders to look around and say, oh, you know, like I really... There was a you know, floor sand baby there that I really loved, or there was a quarterback that I really didn't like the way, who knows what, you know, like it's just, and it's great for us to, you know, like every time I'm there, I'm inspired and I go back and reevaluate my own program. And I'm like, okay, like I like what she did. Can I do that? I didn't like seeing that. Can I make sure that I never look down again? You know, like how many times do we, it is and, and it's a really good four days because the judges <laughs> good or bad the judges comment on every single ride yeah and I yes. think it's really worth people's time if you're going to go to a championship um you know if you go to a gladstone um or you know a national championship for this for the big tour or the small tour you don't Mm -hmm. get comments you're not going to see you're going to see the scores but you're not going to hear the comments of the judges so in some ways if you're gonna choose something to go to from an educational standpoint you know sit down at lamplight come see the horses and sit and study um, and, and it really your is, own scores, like see what yeah. you, how you would stack up. They have the list, they have the exactly. you know, show they, program, sit there, give a walk, trot, mechanic for a general impression score, submission score. It's not that easy. Like it's difficult, it, but it like it forces you to like, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? Where, what do they like? Exactly. So I think it's a really, it's a great educational opportunity for all our listeners if um, it happens every year. And if you ever want to go and see it, uh, you do learn a lot. And, and we, we would sit, try mm-hmm. to watch as much as we can, we could while we were there. So it's a really good program for that from educational standpoint. Okay. So, now I have to be, I have to admit, I can't watch very well. I get really <laughs> nervous. I like to hide back in the barn because I get really nervous watching everybody else. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a good one. Oh, shoot, that's a good one. Oh, shoot, that's a good one. So I don't do well watching. When it's over, then I'm like, oh, okay, now I can sit down and watch because now it's okay. Yes. Oh, well. <laughs> it makes me really nervous. Exactly. No, that, that's acceptable. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with Wake Up. And we are really looking forward to um, seeing you guys in the future for whatever that holds. We are, we'll be excited to continue oh, watching. I think I'm the cake. It doesn't matter. I think exactly. I'm the cake. Thanks I love for having it. me. Emily, how do our <laughs> listeners find you online? Um, I don't have a website. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But Feel free to follow me on Facebook. Be my friend on Facebook. I'm Emily Miles now, which is weird, but um, Emily, if you're Miles on Facebook. Otherwise, I'm working on a website. We'll get one up someday, but until then. Fantastic. Well, you can find Emily on Facebook and ask her any questions about Wake Up that you want to know. Emily, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to having you on in the future. Thanks for having me. Bye. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local 
local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. Coming up next is uh, the U.S. Young Horse Team Coach, Christine Traurig. She's going to talk about her vision for the Young Horse Program in the U.S. Well, this evening, it is truly an honor to introduce our new U.S. Young Horse Team Coach, Christine Traurig, to the show. How are you, Christine? I'm fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. Well, we met just a few weeks ago in Lamplight at the Young Horse Finals, and it was so exciting to have you see my own Young Horse, but also your enthusiasm for the whole program. Uh, So I wanted to have you on the show, kind of introduce yourself and sort of what is the vision for the U.S. Young Horse Program in the future. So if we could get started, could you just tell us all a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, Lee. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I would like to compliment you on how you presented your young horse at the finals. I really liked watching the way you presented your horse, and I could clearly see that your horse was trained beautifully along the scale of training, which is something that we look for in this sport of dressage at all levels with any horse. So I greatly appreciated that. It was beautiful. Thank oh, well, you for that. well, thank you. And I did not tell, I didn't pay her to say that, I promise everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Christine. But but things like that need mentioning. You know, we talked in the sport so many times and so often about the superstars and uh, uh, in the high performance and names that are always out there from Charlotte Dujardin to Stephen Peters. uh, But also our riders and trainers and passionate horse enthusiasts who do a very good job at an event need mentioning. So this is why I wanted to make sure I say this to you. Thank you (laughs) very much. So Christine, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, about myself. I was born and raised in Germany. I was born and raised on a farm. My father was a breeder, a passionate breeder. Uh, Horses have been in my life since I can remember. I think I sat on a horse before I could walk. That's at least what my mother tells me to this day. (laughs) And uh, I grew up developing young horses uh, in Germany, particularly for sale, because part of the income at our farm was, of course, based upon the fact that we would breed horses, break them, train them on the saddle, and make them uh, marketable for for purchase. Um, And that is what I did in the beginning of my riding career, as soon as I uh, had balance in the saddle and had a feel for the horse, and I was most certainly not afraid when I was younger, let me put it that way, um, <laughs> I would take the horses at my father's farm getting ready, getting them ready for the um, Canavarian Elite Auction Sale in Verden, where I started working during uh, school uh, breaks in the spring and in the fall since I was 13 years old. And uh, I love that time. Uh, taught me a lot about the young horses. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So my passion for research did not actually start by being able to ride a half-pass appearance, empty changes, piastres. It actually started by getting a real thrill that I, out of the fact that I could develop an athlete for the sport. That means that I could develop the, the way the horse physically applied itself, developing the gait. I cannot tell you what a thrill it was for me when I could really truly develop a good lengthening of the trust. Because I'll be honest with you, when I was little and our horses need to be marketed, there had to be a lengthening of the truck. And the more balanced and the more easy and the more willing the horse exhibited that, the more desirable the horse was. And needless to say, the income at our farm in, in Germany greatly depended on our breeding program and then the marketability of those horses. And from there... I 
basically came to the United States because I met my ex-husband at the elite sale in Verden, in a very elite sense in Verden, uh, where he bought horses for resale in the United States. And uh, he met me there and he said, well, I have a feeling I need to import you as well. So <laughs> keep riding the horses that I would like to that I would like to market in the U.S. And mind you, that was in 1982. In those days, it was a pretty much a foreign subject uh, for Americans to ride a warm blood. Yeah. In those days, the warm bloods were considered heavy and dull, which was not necessarily the case. I'm not trying to say that. But uh, for the Americans, the sport was really based upon... Um, uh, making racehorses useful for the sport of jumping and dressage and three-day events. So, and I was imported to the United States during that transition period. And uh, from there on, uh, I, uh, I was fortunate, very, very fortunate to have met the right people at the right time who supported my desire and talent to further educate myself to Grand Prix level. And uh, the result of that uh, was that I competed at the Sydney Olympic Games in my horse Etienne and we clinched the bronze medal for the United States Equestrian In the yes. meantime, <laughs> I, again, I say with great pride also that uh, during the time I was um, working for Bernie Traurig and then married for, to Bernie Traurig, we imported some fantastic forces that made it to the top level of the sport at many levels. Um, to give you a couple of examples, Orpheus, for example, competed with Jessica Ransomhausen in the CEO Olympic Games. We imported that horse. Other examples, for Robert Dober, our Bowser and Lectra, both horses were imported to us. Epernay, the was a horse that Crystal Boyan competed in the Pan American Games with and won the individual gold medals with. At the same time, we also imported many, many jumpers that advanced to international levels. But uh, I'm really proud to say that many dressage horses were imported that people uh, would tell you that they were high-quality horses that advanced to high level. And uh, that I'm really, really proud of for having been part of it. And you've seen you've seen so, the sport of dressage change a lot in the US in those years, huh? Absolutely. No, I've seen the sport change a lot. Um, where now, of course, the warm blood and specifically from Holland and from Germany have influenced the sport of dressage due to the sophistication of their breeding worldwide, not only in our country, but worldwide. Um, the Danish breeding program, along with also the Swedish breeding program, are definitely, most definitely catching up. But if I may say so, I really think the source of great quality in breeding throughout the world comes from two specific countries, and that is Germany and Holland. And now with, with the uh, DAO, um, that we have the advantage that uh, basically frozen semen can be transported all over the world, we, all countries have direct access to the best stallions and the best mares and the best combinations um, wherever they are, from wherever they are. So that's a huge advantage nowadays, I would have to say. Yes, but the, the breeding program and uh, the influence of the warm blood bred in Europe has definitely changed the sport of this country drastically to a level where we now are hoping to always be a contestant for the podium, to win a medal. And for that, we have to produce the very best horses so that we have a, a pool of quality horse flesh to draw from 
to uh, supply our teams with. So, Christine, I wondered if you could give us a little assessment as, you know, you've just sort of taken over. It's your first summer as the Young Horse team coach. Uh, what is your assessment of the of the the U.S. Young Horse program currently? I first of all would have to say that I think our previous coach Scott Hassler has worked really, really hard to lay the foundation, lay the foundation for this program, and uh, he's a very good friend of mine, and I plan on uh, partnering up with him in the future a great year because he has great experience and I do believe since this country is so big it is very important that people work together. One person cannot be available to all parts of the country. Communication is very, very, very important in that sense. So um, God has laid the foundation and I hope to build upon that, upon that. That being said, I find it is extremely important that since this country is, um, okay, let's, let's talk about the numbers. If we talk about the numbers of participants in this country, we do know that the numbers of amateurs participating in the sport is greater than professionals, is greater than the kids, is greater than the juniors, and is greater in numbers then our talk about high-performance Grand Prix riders. I'm not saying that that is a bad thing. That's a great thing because enthusiasm needs numbers, needs people who love the sport and love to ride horses. However, the popularity of the sport also very much depends on us being internationally famous. There's no doubt about it that enhances everything. Everybody loves to participate in something that's famous and successful. That being said again, we have to make sure that we do not just develop riders that can ride really well, but we have to great riders, not just really well, great riders we need for that, but we also need the horses that are just as great. And these horses have to be developed when they're young. Because the market is so competitive, the sport at the top level, at the peak, is so competitive that it is very difficult to buy that horse that has already developed its potential close to the peak, yeah, close to the peak, and then being able to buy it from the countries that are already the winners. You see what I'm saying? And you know which countries I'm talking about, right? Are we always talking about? Holland, Germany, Germany, Holland, Great Britain, and then another country knocks on the door, yeah, close to it. But we're always talking about the same two countries that breed them, can produce them, take them to the peak of the sport, the level of the sport, and then win with them. So we have to try and work very hard to make this sport make this work more successful by producing more horses, just as many horses as we produce riders. And that starts when they're young. I, I'd always like to say this. When we talk, of, when we listen to the news, all politicians always talk about the future and they always talk about investing in the youth, into our children. Well, in the sport of dressage, we do not only have people. We also have our youth are also the horses. And that is what we have to invest into. It makes total sense. I mean, it, it, you're absolutely right. And I, I have to be honest, it's hard to learn how to train and properly train a young horse. So, Christine, if, if let's say... Um, you know, I'm a rider, I'm in Kansas, and I have a really, really top quality, in my mind, four-year-old. How do I get access to the USCF programs? I love that question. Our plan is uh, to make the program more approachable and accessible to people. That means, as I said, as I also said in the writer's meeting, I want people to know that I am a person and I am approachable. 
I have an email address. I have a phone number. You can find me on Facebook. Make it be known to me that you have a wonderful young daughter, even if you think you have a wonderful young daughter. Send me an email. Send me a video. Make yourself known to me. And I would like to make the country smaller by just making myself more approachable that people can find me. Um, Together with the USES, um, I am also going to work on expanding the website of the USES to where when people say to themselves, okay, the United States Equestrian Federation, that's my organization. Now, I need to know what I need to do with my young horse to get from A to B to C and so forth. That when they go to the website, that they can find a page that lists A, B, C, D, E. This, these are the steps. And if you, and they can read through the steps. If you fall in that category, then you just go from A to B to C. Or if you say A, I've already got covered, there's D and C. And then they say A, B, C is covered. Now, how do I go about from there? Uh, from there on forward. And I find that very, again, since this country is so big, I find that very, very important that there are logical steps listed. At the, at the same time, uh, I would like to establish very, very consistent training sessions throughout the country. I do know that Scott Hassler took great pride and great effort into trying to do the same. However, again, the country is really, really big, and we just have to make sure that we access all areas. That's not so easy. Uh, it, I, I, in, the, in the meeting at Landslide, I really stress the fact that traveling in the United States to get help, to get positive reinforcement, to get encouragement, to get invite, will take travel will take travel. The high-performance riders do the same thing, the developing riders do the same thing, and the um, riders within the Young Horse Program, may it be a breeder, an owner, or horse-rider combination that's already established in that program, he or there will have to travel. We are trying to make it fair, but it's going to be necessary. It is our initiative as riders and owners and breeders that we have to take that if we target to produce one of the best horses in the world, as I said in the writer's meeting, it is up to us also to take the initiative. And when I say up to us, me as a coach too, I will go out of my way to reach all people that have the desire um, to produce the best horse possible. Fantastic. And Christine, you're also, you also give clinics um, and you had said um, that if someone wants to get into a clinic, that that's possible if they have a young horse. Is that correct? Absolutely. I do clinics all over the country, all over the country. And I love it. I have established locations where I have established such a strong relationship to riders and horses because some horses I've known since they are young. Um, some of some of them three years old, and they are now eight years old, nine years old, and have moved up along the level, and uh, that creates a real bond. And then you get then then you become really proud of the results. And that doesn't mean that all of the horses go to the very top, but you develop the bond between the horses and the riders. And uh, yes, when I do those clinics all over the country, uh, I did say to all clinic hosts. Anybody who has a young horse that would like to go it get into the clinic um, can contact me first. Maybe even send me a short little video clip. So I have an impression of um, the horse rider combination in quality and stage of training. Yes, they do get priority. I find that very, very important because not all this, there is just not enough funding in this program yet where... Uh, we can have as many training sessions as there will be eventually needed. We don't have that yet. But I am working on making that change. 
<laughs> Fantastic. So, Christine, uh, can you give our listeners your email and how, if someone has a great young horse, that they could ca- uh, connect with you? Absolutely. My email, uh, I'm going to give it to you right now. My email is T-T-E-T-I-E-N-N-E at AOL.com. Email me, everybody, please. Feel free to email me. I'd love it. <laughs> well, fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, awesome. Christine, thank you so much for your time this evening. And I look forward, you're going to be in Kentucky in a few weeks. And I look forward to working with you myself. And uh, I hope that everyone, um, if you have a great young horse, contact Christine. And her email will also be in our show notes if you need to get a hold of her. Uh, we can make that happen. So thank you so much, Christine, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was my great pleasure. Thank you very, very much. Well, coming up next, we have the Total Saddle Fit Shoulder Relief Girth Tip of the Week. And I got to tell you guys, people are buying the girth. Uh, we're hearing from our listeners, and I know that you, you've you had some questions, Reese, uh, here recently from listeners asking about how it fits and measurements and things. So, you know, one of the th- reason, reasons that we have gotten to the size we have at the Horse Radio Network and have done as well as we have is you guys, the listeners, are supporting our sponsors, and we thank you for that. We really appreciate it and and you know we only we only talk about products that we like so you know we will not accept a product unless we they're quality products I turned down a couple recently that we tested and they didn't work for us and the one the one people were really mad at me <laughs> Um, they really wanted to advertise, and I just couldn't do it. We're not going to put our credibility on the line for a product that doesn't work. And I know you guys both use this girth, so it works. It really does. It, it absolutely works. And I have used it on all different body types. And today I used it on a new horse that I got in training. Um, and this horse is huge. He's 18 one. Whoa. I mean, he is huge. And I'm I'm a tall girl. And I looked in the mirror and thought, ooh, I really don't want to come off of this bad boy. Uh, he's, a, he's a really sweet horse, though. He's very, very kind. Um, huge, huge horse. Yeah, huge horse. Oh, my goodness. He's a, he's a monster. And this girth fits great. I mean, that was the first girth I grabbed because uh, I had to fit. I mean, I had to find tack that fit him. And he's actually not that wide. He's pretty narrow. Um, but this, Yeah, thank goodness. But yeah. this... um. This, you know, the total uh, saddle fit, shoulder relief girth, it's fantastic. It really, truly is. I have personally used it on all body types. And Phil, I know you've done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've had clients of mine and students or just, you know, people ask me, hey, you know, is, is I'm thinking about getting a new girth. Is, you know, is this thing for real? Like, and and for sure, just like Glenn said, like, these are products that we really like and that we use. And, and we use this girth every single day. And I say, yeah, for sure. Get the girth. It, it won't cost you a ton of money. Um, you know, there are lots of really more expensive girths that don't do the job. So, um, if you're thinking about a girth for your horse, this, this one, that's why I say I just, this one works for me. It's worked for every, you know, every horse that, you know, somebody's asked me about, you know, should I get this girth? They've got the girth. They've been very happy with it. So, um, you know, I think, I think you can, and you can always talk to Justin, send him an email. If you have a question about, you know, whether the girth will, will uh, work for you he'll yeah he's great at answering questions he's great about coming on the show so we'll take all your saddle fitting questions here and and we'll have him back on if you want totalsaddlefit.com and coming up today who do we have Today we have Endel Otz. He is um he would just represented the United States at Verdon uh, with a 5 and a 6 year old so this week, he's doing a total saddle fit uh, tip of the week for us. And next week, he's going to come back on the show and be our headliner and talk about his experience at uh, Verdon, the World Championship for Young Horses. Well, this evening, I am so excited for our total saddle fit tip of the week to have Endel Otz, who represented the United States at Verdon this year. Uh, Endel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Well, Endo, what is your total saddle fit tip of the week for us? Uh, the, the tip I would say, um, one of the big things that I took away from being over in Europe and watching the young horse classes over there and watching all the top riders ride there, um, big thing that separates the top riders and the top young horse riders are the transitions. Uh, um, of course, you have to do a clean test, have to have a big extended trot, clean walk, big walk, you know, good walk, pirouettes, half passes and everything, but the transitions that the, that you do not show the judges any loss of connection, any loss of rhythm, 
that it is just seamless. So they, they practice. Um, when I was at Hans Meyer, who's Roland's place, and he's the young horse coach for the German team, he practices transitions again and again and again and again and again until you're blue in the face and until they're almost perfect because they're never perfect. But uh, that is the big thing I would say, especially in young horse classes, the transition part, uh, to really, really focus on that. Well, uh, after riding so many transitions and, and trying to make them perfect, what are what do you think are some keys to making good transitions? Because we can always practice transitions, but I think they have to be practiced yeah. correctly. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a big thing I would be in there is to make sure that the rhythm is clean. So if you're going from trot to walk, that there's no like stumble step or balance step in between. You know, from walk to canter, that you go from walk to a clear canter, that the canter does not rush off or fall out of balance afterwards. And and even to think about like uh, if you're doing a simple change, you do a, a a nice big canter into a walk. The walk shouldn't be too slow. It should match the canter that happens beforehand. So you really try to tie in the gates that you did before the transition through the transition and then right afterwards it should match it so it really has to flow in a really nice way so if you go from a you do a simple change from a canter to walk the canter again you re, and the horse maybe slows down a little bit too much in the walk ride it a little bit forward and a little bit sideways in there so that then the canter goes forward and you know you may you may have a little balance issues here and there but to, to work it so that it balances out, you know, and that it gets a lot more seamless in between. And how do you ride a backwards transition without pulling on the horse's mouth? What's the key to, to the connection there? I, I would say that, <laughs> okay. That's yeah. hard. Oh, we're going to put you on the spot. Uh, man, he's tough okay. tonight. <laughs> I'll take door number two. <laughs> yeah. I'll do my Yoda impression instead. Um, no, I would say that... Um, you know, I mean, you do have to pull back in the reins to get them to listen a little bit in there, but you need to make sure that, that the horse in general, if you slow them down a little bit, it's like a car, you know, changing, changing gears from first gear to second gear or, or slowing down in the gears, that, that you have enough rev in the engine or you have enough uh, go in the horse that you feel like it, it can jump, that it doesn't stall out. So you ride enough gas beforehand that if you're going to go into a walk transition on a horse that maybe slows down too much in the walk, that you ride that canter just a little bit quicker before the walk transition. And vice versa, if your horse is, you know, uh, uh, is too fast in the walk, you ride that canter a little bit slower beforehand. So you almost ride the gates that you're going to go into beforehand, before the actual transition, so that it can slide through a little bit better. And uh, uh, that sounds good. I just made it up. Yeah, that's, that's a good no, tip. That, that, was a, that was a good one. So- so I know for our <laughs> listeners, like when we talk about riding transitions to your blue in the face, let's just, how, how yep. on, with an average adult amateur, talk to us about how often you would ride and how many transitions you would ride per day, which is a tough I w- question. I would say it really, it, yeah, I think that's a tough question. I think on your, on your average adult amateur, I think it depends because, you know, what you're looking for in, the, in those tests. I mean, I, I try to always think about you know, uh, what am I showing? You know, I mean, if I'm showing a young horse class, I'm going to ride a little bit different than if I'm doing a CDI class or I'm going to do, you know, a national class or something else. It's, it's every, every class is just slightly different than what you're doing. So I would say for, for the average adult amateur, I would say you want to do the transition so that they improve the work. So you make you first off, you have a clean test. You know, you want to have a clean test first, you know, and then, then if you, you, you want to, so if you have maybe a horse that, um, you know, that you work on the transition, say your canter is a little bit too forward and falling out of balance. A lot of canter walk canter or canter rain back canter in there, you know, so that they weight and balance. So that you use those transitions as a, as a period to get the aids through a little bit more with the horse so that the horse does not, that it, that a transition, you, if you really think about it and you can use it in your work and schooling at home, you use it because it, it, the, the, the half alts or the leg aids or the, the balancing aids, it can flow through a transition a little bit slower than maybe you need a quick answer. Maybe you're doing a half pass and so you need the horse to answer just a quick balancing half alt and go forward. Well, if they don't answer that balancing half alt and then, excuse me, go forward right afterwards, a trot walk transition there, you know, just to say, oh, wait, walk, okay, listen to my half alt, okay, now trot forward again. So I, I think about it in, in, in that instance, you know, for, for an adult amateur to get a pre-St. George test or a Grand Prix test, you want to think about first 
how do you make the test clean? Once the test is clean, then you want to think, okay, how can I make it more brilliant? How can I get more points on it? How can I lose less points on it? Fantastic. Yeah, good answer. Great, great answer, Endel. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show again. If our listeners want to find you online, Endel, how do they do that? Um, my website is uh, endelotsdressage.com. Um, email address is uh, endelots at gmail.com. And uh, you can find me online there. And, uh, of course, Facebook and everything like that is all up there. Um, also have a, a Facebook page for the business, which is Ots OTS Dressage um, on Facebook. And uh, if you like me on there, message me on there. I'm happy to get back and I'm happy to answer any questions from anybody. And, and also, especially, I have to say, um, you know, I really, I really, I get some nice uh, questions from young riders and, and different young people in the sport. And, and I mean, I have, I've had a, uh, you know, still working on my career and still working on the horses and, and uh, always moving forward. But I really, I enjoy to get emails from people, you know, asking for advice or asking for things or, you know, just to, you know, ask questions here and there. And I, I really enjoy it. I, when, when I was a young rider, I, I sent some emails out to, to other top professionals. I never heard back from them and I never, I never got that, that, you know, the questions that I asked or it was very vague and not very helpful. And, and uh, I mean, I, I, I may take a little bit to get back to you sometimes when, if I'm traveling, but I really, I love people calling and, and asking a little question about something. And, and I really, I make time for that. I, I think it's very important. Super. Well, Endel, thanks so much. And uh, we look forward to having you back on the show next year and hearing all about your travels to Verden. All right. That sounds good. Well, this week we are busy. It's been a very busy week for us, actually, hasn't it, Philip? Uh, so oh we God, didn't do any yeah. <laughs> email or Facebook shout outs, but please keep them coming. We have a list of them started uh, and we will answer as many as we can and get on as many people as we can to ask. We love listener questions and Philip and I are here to help in any way that we can. So please send them in and you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>